we are surprised at the similarities between our lives and people who have lived thousands of years prior to ourselves. But I think we can probably find a lot in common with the time of Zechariah who writes to us uh, and speaks to us today. He was writing coming out of exile, coming out of a time in which they were enslaved and and ripped from their homes and, and they had lost their temple and their religious life was in upheaval and 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 suddenly another kingdom has conquered Babylon and Persians are saying, hey, go home. And, and they're coming back to Israel and they're coming back to Jerusalem and they're wondering, where do we go from here? And many of these people are people who had not yet, who had never, you know, lived in Jerusalem. You know, they, they are people who were born in the midst of this captivity and, and they're not always sure of what they are, are exactly returning to. And so, uh, in this text that we read today, the prophet Zechariah kind of calls out by name. He says, hey, you people that have heard the words of the prophets while you were rebuilding God's house, while you were rebuilding God's temple. And he, he starts by helping them see their situation that they're coming out of. And no doubt they were familiar with these problems, but he names them. For before those days... There were no wages for people or for animals. And I love in this unemployment note that he mentions that even animals couldn't get paid. There was no work for the animals either. Uh, That work is so scarce that we've got some animals that could be used for some farming. and, And you know what? We don't even have an ability to use them either. And so there's this this challenge of, of finding work, finding an opportunity to live out uh, a way to make one's daily food and, and, and to survive. And it's not just that they didn't have work, but there was dangers from the outside. And, and Zechariah says that they were, there was not safety from any foe for those who went out or came in the city. So travel was not safe. And there was danger from inside that even internally they were all against one another. And there's this internal strife in the midst of the city. And I'm, I know that we are in the midst of our own challenges in this world. You know that in the month of May, I think the number was 13% unemployment rate, uh, where it is challenging, and it's challenging for everybody, but it's even more challenging for some, uh, that the unemployment rate is worse if you are a woman, it is worse if you are a person of color, it's worse if you're an immigrant. We are struggling to survive, and we are struggling Uh, in the midst of global conflicts in which we've been in war and conflicts for many, many, many years, in which we've had internal conflicts and we have internal violence, internal struggles. And in the midst of that, in the midst of such difficulty and struggle, it might seem too big. It might seem too large. And what what do I do in the midst of all of this challenge? So what does God have to say to those of us living in the midst of such difficulty? Thus says the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong. And it's not enough to sit back and say, well, you know, God's in control. But God is actually calling us into the work of what God is in control of. That God is partnering and and is calling up a people to be about God's justice and God's love and God's care for the world. And what are we doing in the midst of that? How are we a part of it? How, how are we living up to God's purposes for this world? And God made you, God made all of us, God made us 
for a purpose. And I love some of the purpose language in Zechariah 8. Zechariah says, For there shall be a sowing of peace. I just love that image. Of, you know, what are we going to spend our lives planting in this world? And sowing of peace. And you don't see what that seed is growing into for a while. you got to trust and have faith that it is, is growing sometimes beneath the surface. For there shall be a sowing of peace, and the vine shall yield its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce, and the sky shall give their dew. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. You know, in the midst of unemployment, in the midst of struggling to survive, the idea that the ground and the earth might bring forth fruit and that the skies might bring rain to help all of us survive, it is not a given. It is something to be anxious over for many. Uh, But God is saying there will be plentiful peace and food and sustenance and a new world and we don't always see it quite yet. But, but God has purposes, and sometimes they take longer than we, than we can wait, and we just cry out, how long, God? And I realize that purposes are a little bit easier when we're talking agriculture. You know, a, a, a seed it has a, a determined route. You know, if you've got a tomato plant, it grows into tomatoes. It's amazing how that works. Uh, and it's a little bit more challenging or complicated when it comes to humans, right? What is our purpose? It's a little bit more complex than the simple linear, well, I know this thing goes into that thing. And I can't help but think, uh, I, I had some, some baptism Zoom class, conference class time with uh, some youth, and you know, one of the things that some of them were mentioning that they were up to in the midst of this pandemic was playing a lot of games. You can imagine, school's out, you're at home, what are you going to do? And there's some very different styles of games that exist. Uh, There's linear games where there's a story where you go from point A to B and you kind of finish all of the levels and it's finished. And then there's something called open world gaming in which it's all like a big sandbox to play in and they kind of give you the environment and just say, hey, play. And it's less linear. You don't necessarily know what am I supposed to do. And if you're thinking about what's a linear game, if you think back to Mario Brothers, the level only goes left to right. You can't go back. Maybe you can skip a level, but you have a trajectory. And then they make these, these open world games where it's like, well, what kind of job do you want? And in these kind of fantasy worlds and those kinds, you know, do you want to be a warrior? Do you want to uh, learn these kind of these tricks and strategies? Do you want to be a thief? Do you want to be, what do you want to be? And do you want to go up on this clifftop and shout? Do you want to go sit in this pub? Do you want to uh, go fight a giant. You know, it's the world is open. And you're like, well, you, what do I do? And our lives are more like that open world concept that we could be doing anything right now. How do I pick what do I do? And, and how do I know what's best to do? And, and all of those questions can lead to paralysis. And there's a, a writer, Barry Schwartz, who wrote the paradox of choice, where he kind of challenged some notions that we have uh, just kind of inherently accepted that, um, that freedom is good and choices are good because freedom is good and the most choices we can have, the more free we are and the better all things are. But what we're learning as a society which has so much available to it, 
that the more choices we have, we get more and more anxious and more and more depressed and more and more paralyzed because there's too many choices. And it's in all parts of our lives. Uh, Barry talks about you know, going to the doctor and them saying, you could take treatment strategy A or B. A has pros and cons. B has pros and cons. Which would you like to do? You know, patient autonomy. And the patient, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. And, and he's like, well, I don't know. A has pros and cons. B has pros and cons. What would you like to do? And, and we are then faced with that responsibility. It's been kind of handed over from the doctor to you. And you see that on the news or when you're watching TV and they're throwing ads at you about medicines, not talking to the doctors and the pharmacists, but you. Take all of the responsibility on, onto yourself. And um, I, I love in, in Barry Schwartz's TED Talk, he talks about going to go gene shopping. And he's like, man, there used to only be one type of pair of jeans, and it fit terrible. <laughs> they were awful. But it was the kind of jeans that existed. And suddenly now you walk in the department store, and there's so many styles and different cuts and, and, all, and all of this, and it's overwhelming. And you spend, you could spend a long time trying out all of these different styles. And by the end of it, you came out with a better pair of jeans than you ever would have, and yet you're more frustrated at the end of the process. So how is it we, we get a better product, and yet we're more frustrated in life? And he's like, now I'm thinking about all of the types of jeans I didn't choose. Maybe I should have picked one of the other ones. And now when I've done all of this research, it lived up to expectation, but we're never really quite surprised. You know, pleasant surprises aren't there as much anymore. And, and we have all this buyer's regret and, and all of this responsibility. And that's just talking about jeans. And I love he goes on to talk about salad dressings at the grocery store in this giant aisle. We have so many choices in life. How do we know what purpose we have, and how do we navigate that and, and, and look for God's purposes for ourselves? You know, it's, it's this beautiful image of God planting these seeds of peace that are growing out, but how do I see myself in the midst of this divine garden that is being planted here? And so sometimes I think we, we fall trapped to this desire for as much choices and freedom in my life instead of longing for what might God be calling me to? And so we, we tend to put ourselves up and above whatever God might be calling us to. But it doesn't make us any better off. And it doesn't make the world any better off. But, but God invites us into a, a path that has differing expressions in the midst of it. But there is a, a path that does bring life and brings goodness for all. And sometimes when we think about calling Jesus Lord and, and actually kind of living with someone else, giving directions in our lives. You know, I, I like my freedom, but our, our freedom comes at a cost. What is it to live into the purposes that God has made us for? And so I want to hear these words from Zechariah, and I want to let them ring out in our midst. Zechariah writes about the purposes and the reversal of the work of this world, and he says, just as you have been a cursing among the nations, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so I will save you, and you shall be a blessing. Do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. Returns to the, the hands imagery. You will be a blessing. And I'm wondering how many, many of you may have seen headlines this week, uh, because Anderson Cooper did an interview with 
Dr. Colonel West, in which he broke down, in, uh, Anderson Cooper broke down into tears in the midst of the interview. And that might be the headline that you saw this article or saw this video if you've seen it, um, because a, a male expressing emotion is headline news, which is its own frustrating part of today's society and the message that it gives to people. Um, but I think we're missing out if that's the headline because we're missing out on what he was moved to tears by in this interview, which was uh, with Dr. Colonel West, who is a professor of the practice of public philosophy at Harvard University. He's also the son of a Baptist minister. And in this interview, it was in the context of uh, George Floyd's, um, one of his memorial services and his reaction. And he talked about um, the fact that generations of black people in the U.S., have been subjugated to violence and racism, and yet the response has been, by and large, one that seeks an equality for all people and not revenge. And that that uh, should, should, should remind us or should awaken us to something of beauty or of value in this world, that in a world of cycles of violence where you harm me and I want to harm you, what is it to actually seek the betterment of all people even when I am being mistreated? And so in the midst of that, Colonel West said this is, which is the moment in which Anderson Cooper's emotions took hold and, and, and came out. Colonel West said, we got a love that the world can't take away. No matter what pain or violence you inflict, we got a kind of love that the world can't take away. And I think Zechariah is telling Israel they have a kind of love that the world can't take away. I know you were cursed by the world. You were enslaved, you were mistreated, you were taken from your homeland, you were mocked. But you will be saved and be a blessing. You won't be enacting revenge. The imagery is planting peace. We're going to end the cycle of violence and be a blessing for all. And I know that each of you who are, are worshiping with us have had your own moments in which people have have thrown cursings your way in different kinds of ways. Some of you were, were cursed based on the color of your skin, some by the, what you wore, some by who your family members were, some by what job you had or didn't have, or what income level you were at. But no matter what cursings came your way, hear this word from the Lord, you will be saved and you will be a blessing. What has been true through the words of Dr. Colonel West, what has been true of our, of our black brothers and sisters of faith in this country, let it be true of all, that we got a love that the world can't take away. And we are called by a loving God to love the world and be a blessing. And that should at least be the framework in which we start to try to discern what do I do? How do I make choices in my life? If I look at my calendar, if I look at my day, did I make choices that were being a blessing in this world to those around me, or did I make choices that just were about myself? What am I here for? If the answer is, is no, I, I wasn't making choices that were a blessing to all, it is time to turn to God. To say, God, I want to be a blessing. Help me bring that out of me to be a blessing to those around me. 
And if the answer is yes, I am fully committed. I'm trying to be a blessing to everyone in my life. Hear these words of Zechariah that he keeps wanting to say in this passage. Strengthen your hands. The labor of the work of planting that seed of peace is hard work. Strengthen your hands. And I love Zechariah gives us a few examples, a few verses after what we read, uh, of what are some things that you might do to be this blessing, to live this way. Here's what Zechariah says. These are the things you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And love no false oath. For all of these things I hate, says the Lord of hosts. Speak truth. And I wonder if people evaluated our love of truth based on our Facebook walls, how we would come out. Our witness to the garden of peace is in some way reflectant on the ways in which we throw out information to those around us. Do we take that, assess- that assessment of choice and say, maybe I should check and see if this is accurate or if this is true before I pass it on? I know it makes me feel good because it, it puffs up my position, but am I hurting my witness of truth to those that I come in contact with? Am I being a blessing or not? Are judgments true and make for peace, or are they easy and, and just continue in justice? You know, we live in a world where judgments can be accurate, but that doesn't mean the system is set up to actually be true, to be good. Do we have evil in our hearts for someone else and let's just let that rush over us? How much love do you have for the opposite political party in this country of the people, of the millions of people who take on that self-identification? Or for the millions of people who find no hope in it and have distanced themselves from it? Do you have ill in your hearts for one another? And do we love false oaths or do we love truth? Uh, do, we, do we just allow ourselves to be okay with a world in which these kind of inaccuracies are just thrown around? Uh, because we can't get to that place of peace unless we are truthful with ourselves and with the world around us. And so Zechariah invites us to end the cycles of injustice, of, end the cycles of violence. You know, if we are a people who have been forgiven, if we're a people who are being refri- refined through, through the, the, the difficulties, the pains of this world, if we're a people who aren't alone anymore, you know, if, we, if we've worked through all of these things, if we are no longer captives, Are we going to live up to that life that God is opening up into this creation? Are we going to be a participant that extends that blessing to those around us? Or are we going to just kind of choose whatever things make us happy for the day in in our own little way of, well, you know, I kind of like this thing, but how do we transform those things that we like and we have passions for and gifts in and make them a blessing to those around us and not just for ourselves? And so, be a blessing. If you want to join in that, just let the words of the prophet ring out. Strengthen your hands. Be a blessing. Would you join me in prayer? Lord, I just want to say a word of thanks and gratitude for for all of those who in the midst of pain 
have continued to love, have continued to be a blessing to those around them, who have continued to be a witness to your goodness and your love. Lord, we thank you for those people in our lives where we've seen that and for those that, that, that go unnamed in this world. Lord, we also ask for your, your refinement that you would make us more into that. For those of us who struggle with it, who, who long for purpose in this world, help us to, to grow in this garden of peace that you are bringing about. To, get, to plant seeds of, of peace and blessing in those around us, Lord. Lord, we just ask that you would take our lives and, and transform them to be blessings in your kingdom. Lord, help us to not be paralyzed by the anxieties of choices and decisions, but live standing firm in your invitation, feeling confident in the love and the work for peace that you are bringing us into. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen.